Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. What's uh, what's happening? What's popping? It's a beautiful day here in the nation's capital. We are recording later than anticipated. We tried last night, but the internet gods had a different idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, we both like our internet provider. Uh, I think twice uh, it's gone out. Uh, I had an opportune times for me over yeah. the last almost five years. So, uh, you know, better than every month, like some Rogers customers, maybe. But uh, <laughs> yeah. anyway, it, it just it didn't work. It happens. You know, I was doing all my prep and then just at five to eight last night, it just cut out. We were supposed to talk at eight and uh, came on about 10 o'clock again. Oh, that's good. That's good. I got, I, to be honest, I was tired last night. I probably wouldn't have uh, brought as much energy <laughs> as I, I'm going to bring today. So yeah, like not, not all bad. Plus, uh, I guess we could briefly touch on the, the Grand Slam, but I didn't really watch any. So yeah, you, you, you missed a lot of it. I did watch the finals on Sunday. I'd say both games were pretty good. The finals, the women's game I, I found it more entertaining than the men's game to be honest but you know carrie anderson got out to a lead and homan did try to claw back but ultimately carrie anderson of course gets the win and then the men's game back and forth both ways and ultimately bruce mowett gives up the steal in the seventh end in order to get two in the eighth end on a it was pretty a pretty natural angle double that he was playing and but it was playing off his own to get the two Really well done. I, I think the highlight of the day for me was Bruce Mao. His shot, the the shooter kind of rolled back after it made contact with the Gushu stone, and, and Gushu honestly couldn't put it anywhere better for for his last one. And now it sort of does like a half fist pump because he he thinks he's won, but then he mm. sees the the shot kind of roll <laughs> and he stops the fist pump. And then realizes that it it is stopped in time. He has scored his two, and then gives another full big fist pump. And then, <laughs> like I heard, it, it was kind of like you remember when Brendan Botcher beat Jim Cotter on that late night at the Briar, whatever night it was, and he he made his last shot. And off camera, you could hear the the loud yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, who who is that? Bruce Mount kind of did the same thing because uh, uh, he's okay. not the loudest guy in the world. And no. you you heard that off camera, and then they showed it uh, the sort of half pump, delay, full pump. It was pretty fun, pretty good, pretty good, and like so impressive to win two events in two weeks yeah. against the best teams in the world. Like, uh, poof, full yeah. marks, especially good, coming good off the, the disappointment of losing that world final to Nicodine. Yeah, basically, uh, take your world final. We're just going to win money. <laughs> yeah i put a twitter poll up after the game saying who won the who's won the bubble uh, anderson now or that's a dumb question they're both great and fortunately that's a dumb question they're both great one which was kind of my intent behind that yeah i think i think i voted for that one yeah uh, so that was the last grand slam that puts the grand slam of curling to bed for the season of course only two events this year 
because of the restrictions in place, but there is hope for a full schedule next year. Congratulations to everybody with the Grand Slam, the folks at Rogers, the the whole Sportsnet crew uh, really went off well without a hitch. So congratulations to them for being able to pull it off and uh, get everybody in. It, you know, logistically, the slams, I would say, harder than the Scotties and the Briar because you have people coming from around the world. And uh, they pulled it off. So well done to them. Yeah, well done. Good, uh, good job so far. Yeah. And now, Scott, we turn our attention to the closing event of the bubble. It started with the women. It's going to end with the women. The 2021 Women's World Curling Championship. This is going to feel a little different from a broadcast side than the men's because this was, of course, originally scheduled to take place in Switzerland. So it is the WCF, I believe, who's doing the entirety of the production around this, as would have happened in Switzerland. So this will look and feel a little bit different. But as normal, all Team Canada games will be on TSN. And as we saw with the Men's World Championship, NHK in Japan is airing all of the Japanese games. CCTV in China is airing all of the Chinese games. And then you have select draws where national broadcasts will take place for the Americans, the Swiss, the Koreans, and there will be national broadcasts in Russia, even though there isn't a Russian team here. Okay. <laughs> so uh, all the all the games are predetermined in terms of what the broadcast is going to be. Again, like what we saw with the men's and, and we got a lot of Yuta, of course, late in the week. People were wondering why is that the case? And well, because NHK is paying for the rights. So we'll see that again with the streaming. The, the games are predetermined. So no complaining when we get to Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, no complaining about what the games are. It's already exactly. determined. Uh, exactly. So Scott, I asked this for the men's. I will ask this for the women's because obviously these are different people playing. But does it matter who wins? Or is this all about the Olympics? Um. Yeah, I think that I I could see Carrie Anderson's team wanting to win maybe a bit more than some of these other teams, right? I mean, it's their first time there. Uh, They've had a great two-year stretch. They're trying to prove themselves on on the international level now. Uh, I I can see it mattering mostly to them. Uh, You know, the, the other teams, sure, they would like to do it, but a lot of them have done it before, right? Like, like Anna Hasselberg's won, Tiranzoni's won, even your head's won. So for those teams, I think it's more about, yeah, let's get to the Olympics so that we can go to the Olympics. Yeah, I agree. And I would say that of the teams who are here who have never won one, other than Kerry Anderson, of course, getting to the Olympics probably should be the top priority uh, for the week when we just break down the field and we'll go through the field. So yeah, I, I agree that, again, this is really going to come down to the Olympics. And then once we get to Saturday, then it's about, okay, let's win a world championship. And I think we saw the focus, at least of the fans, shift really abruptly uh, in the men's world championship when we got to the playoffs. All week it was about top six, get in the top six, who's the top six. And then once we got to the playoffs, it was like, all right, now let's pay attention to, oh, by the way, there's a world championship up for stakes. And I I think we'll see the same thing through the course of the week here. Yeah, I think so. I think so. There's, uh, I mean... I'm I'm trying to think like the bubble countries. Is there as many as we we saw at the men's? Was it like you know two to three I that were t- fighting? Yeah, I have two here. 
Okay. That I think so. So I've created a tier here uh, yeah. for us. So so here, let me present my tiers to you then, Scott, and then we'll go yeah, through this, the, the this team team by team. Let's, let's do that. So here's my first tier, and this is the the six teams that I think will make the playoffs. That's why I'm okay. having my top tier. So for this, I have Canada, Sweden, Switzerland, Scotland. I would say those are the big four here. Yeah, Japan and Korea. Okay. So those are my picks. And then then the next tier, I have two teams as I will not be surprised if they make the playoffs. And I think their national organization would be stunned, if not upset, if they didn't make it. And that would be Russia, or don't call me Russia, and the United States. Yeah. I, I think I might have put Japan slightly, slightly below the the rcf team yeah but uh yeah that's basically the the right uh right separation i think yeah so so really you're looking at eight teams that maybe would have an expectation to make it and then i have three teams in denmark the czech republic and germany where i would put them in that category of if they win all the games that they should win like the games against each other and then estonia italy china and then get a couple breaks. Maybe we could see a situation like what we saw in North Bay where six and six is good enough to get a playoff spot. And that could get them in with a, a last stone draw or something. So I would put those three teams in. Things have to go really right for them. So that was Germany, Italy, and Czechs, you said? No, uh, Germany, the Czechs, and the Danes. And the Danes. Okay. Uh, I don't think the Danes can can do it at all. Okay. Well, we'll um, we'll talk about Madeline Dupont when we get to them. Don't, yeah, t- but I, don't the, tell the Rachel. Team... Don't tell Rachel Holman that she doesn't have a chance. Well, so the team I think you're you're sleeping on a bit is this Chinese team that uh, we were really excited to see last year. Yep. Uh, going into that event, and we didn't get to. It was, it's a very young skip. Uh, sort of everybody who sees her raves about her. It's kind of like you know back in the days of Dominican baseball players or Cuban baseball players where. Somebody would go down and be like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. And you would never know because you never got to see them play, right? right? Yep. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, I'm excited for that. They could maybe jump in and play spoiler in the playoffs. Yep. Uh, so, Well, Scott, that's why I have them in their own tier. Oh. Of playing with house money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They, uh, they're coming in. They have a spot lined up. They could, of course, if they make the playoffs... That means that only five teams in this field do qualify for the Olympics and an extra spot goes into that Olympic qualifier, which will be played in December. So yeah, I have them in their own special tier of like the no pressure tier. Uh, We're here to gain the experience. They will be the team in Beijing next February, I I would expect. So, uh, and then the other two teams are in the, I think it'd be great if they could win two games between them. So obviously they'll win they'll get a win in the game with each other one of the two teams and then maybe they can win another game and that's estonia and italy okay yeah so yeah i have those you know i you know you don't know exactly what's going to happen but like say the canada estonia game i think you know tsn will be prepared to do four ends of of another game for instance likely yes likely 
But All right. uh, okay, let's get into it. All right, let's go through. We'll go through the teams by these tiers. Scott, I have them somewhat sort of ranked within the tiers. So I want to start with your defending champion. Scott, do you remember who it is? Anna Hasselberg. Incorrect. It is Sylvana Tiranzoni. She won that great game back in 2019 against Anna Hasselberg, which I was thinking about this week. I have an idea for an episode for the summer of 2022. Um, And I was thinking about that game in the context of that episode. And uh, just one of the, one of the great games that uh, certainly I've seen in a long time. And yes, it is Sylvana Tiranzoni last throw, last rock thrown, of course, by Alina Pats. And they are the defending champion, Scott. They would not have participated, though, in the 2020 World Championship. It was Elena Stern who won the Swiss Championship. This year, uh, Savannah Terenzoni does beat Stern in the best of series. Mm-hmm. They go 9-4 and four in the bubble so far. They lost the Champions Cup final to Rachel Homan. They lost the semifinal of the players to Rachel Homan. They uh, they go four and one in the bubble against other teams who are participating in this world championship. This is the fourth appearance for Sylvana Tiranzoni, eight and four back in 2019 in that championship run. So, Scott, what do you expect out of this team? I think uh, they're the kind of team that can be either really, really great or just okay. And it really depends on how Sylvana throws. Uh, if she's got her draw weight down and and really is feeling sort of the ice, like really is getting it. Uh, this team like could not lose. Mm. Right. But really good. Uh, I, I would say that the, the games that they've played so far in the bubble have been good for the most part. She's had a, a couple not so great games, but uh, this is a team that, should dominate the lower half of the field. Sean, I'm going to I'm going to bring up Ken Palm's yeah. doubletakeout.com rankings uh, like and, and sort of reference them here that cuz he's he's got a broken da- broken down of record versus other teams in ranked in which positions. Okay. So against the so Sylvana Terrence only f- number 4 in this ranking system right now. This is based on the games played so far this year. Uh and then based on like how much it's changed since last year too. So against teams in the top 10, she's just five and five so far this year. Uh, so not, uh, you know, not spectacular the way that we might uh, see, see some other teams dominate. It's no. still pretty good. Those are all really good teams and they're hard to beat. Yeah. And that would include, but, I assume the series against Elena's there too. Elena Stern, is she in the top in, 10? Not no. in the top 10, number 15. Okay. But but like against teams 11 to 25 and then beyond, uh, if you put those two together, they're 25 and three. So yeah. that like they'll beat the teams that they should beat, but it'll be the games against the top that'll sort of shake out uh, the, the playoff rankings for this team. It's sort of when we saw Peter DeCruz play, uh, their team did like lose some games to the teams that they shouldn't have. Yes. So uh, th- this team, I think, is a little more seasoned, a little, 
a little more of a sure thing to make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. They're they're really good. And and it's interesting, yeah, Silvana Terranzoni, I would say is more of a key than Alina Pats because uh, you yeah. can just get the sense that Alina Pats is especially now that she doesn't call the game. I mean, she was great before. Don't get me wrong. But now that she's not calling the game and just throwing that last stone, she is very solid out there. She she has just this air about her that like, yeah, I'm going to make the shot. Like what, like what are you yelling about when you're calling line and stuff? Like, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I made it. I'm Alina Pats. Get out of my way. And back in that 2019 final, Savannah Terranzoni, I think she hogged one or, or there was a pick or, or something happened late in the game. And she came down and was really upset. And Elena Pats just sort of like gave her the side eye of like, what are you worried about? I'm throwing now. Like, like mm-hmm. that, having that attitude is great. So, you know, just so much confidence in her throwing that last one. But yeah, you do want to make sure in a field, at least with the top teams that are this good, you want to make sure that Sylvana Terranzoni is at least giving her makeable shots for as good as she is. They still have to be makeable. So that, that will be the key there for that team. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move down to the two-time defending silver medalist. That is Anna Hasselberg of Sweden. She has never won a world championship. So I guess when we were talking at the start, like, does this matter? This is the one thing that she is missing. She has an Olympic gold medal, doesn't have that elusive world championship yet, losing in 2019 to Terranzoni, of course, and then in 2018, that great final to Jennifer Jones in North Bay, where that building was absolutely hopping back in 2018. So far in the bubble, five and six, but that is really influenced by going 0-4 in the Champions Cup first event in the bubble rebounded quite nicely during the players going five and two overall. They lost the semifinal in that game to Kerry Anderson. They have gone two and three against the teams in the world championship so far in the bubble 2019. They finished first in the round Robin going 11 and one and that 2018 run. It was after the Olympics. They were one of the few teams who, who did the double going mm-hmm. Olympics and the world championship. And they just showed up in North Bay and went 10 and two on the route to the, the final there. This team's really, really good, Scott. And I, I, I want to say that Anna Hasselberg, I, I'm very confident that she will win a, a world championship one day. I don't know if I want it to be this one, just because when she wins, I want it to be a proper, people cheering and like a, a real sense of like she's done it and she she has this accomplishment i kind of felt bad for botcher in that sense at the briar too of mm-hmm. you go through all these struggles at this event and then you finally make that breakthrough and you look around and there's like three people clapping in the seats right like you want her to have that moment and i'm sure it'll feel great if she does win this week just as an observer though there, there's part of me that wants her to have that full fetting that comes with the world championship. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there. And I mentioned at the beginning that she'd won one before, Sean. You're right, she hasn't. I just must have awarded her yet last year's <laughs> because uh, I, I think I thought she was going to win. So uh, it, it is pretty remarkable that they haven't broken through to win the, the world championship yet. Uh, their team was, they're the number one on the WCF rankings in Ken Palm's ratings. Uh, they fell just behind Carrie Anderson and Rachel Holman due to the success that they had in the bubble versus a, a team like Hasselberg that was 500 mm-hmm. in the bubble. Just uh, 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, it's it's crazy. Stunning. But, I mean, and I would expect them to be the favorites to win. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I, I think if you, we look at this quad, right? Because, of course, currently now he's broken down into the quads. It's it's Hasselberg and Anderson who are the two best teams of this quad. If you look at the Grand Slams, if you look at in the Canadian context for Kerry Anderson at the Scotties, the world's two finals appearances for Hasselberg, if you count 2018 as part of this quad, which I guess maybe it's not technically part of the quad, but just overall, like just those are the two teams that to me at least stand out as the best. And then I would put Rachel Holman at like, so if Anderson and Hasselberg are 1A, 1B, then Holman is like 1C, right? Like th- these are the, those are the teams. And it it's almost looking like, and maybe I'm hoping for this, this is just a collision course of an Anderson and Hasselberg final. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Uh, because like you say, they are the two best that have been there. I... I thought maybe the 0 and 4 in the first event might be something to be concerned about, but no, uh, like you say, they rebounded really well. Like they're pros. That was a warm up. Just, yeah, getting their, just getting their legs, getting their legs under them. Yeah. I'm looking. I'm looking, Sean, for the odds, and I can't find. I can't find the women's worlds on. Uh, no. Uh, the the betting website. So. Oh. I've seen, I, I think there are odds that exist. I, I would have to imagine the shortest odds are for Hasselberg. I would guess that, that you're not going to get anything spectacular by betting on them. Mm-hmm. Would be my guess. Uh, but Scott, let's then move to Carrie Anderson and Team Canada, two time defending Scotty's champion, first time at a world championship for this team. They went 10 and 2 in the round robin at the Scotty's, 12 and 2, of course, overall in that event. Scott, uh, four and one in the Champions Cup, losing to Rachel Homan in the semifinal. Uh, they beat Rachel Homan, of course, in the Players' Championship final on Sunday. Go six and one in that event. They are 22 and four in the bubble. I, if you add their individual records from the mixed championship, the, the mixed doubles championship, mm-hmm. combined, these four players are 39 and 11. In the bubble, uh, they went four and one against the world championship teams. They're pretty good. The only question, and, and pretty good is a massive understatement. The only question for this team is: Does wearing the maple leaf and the mythology that surrounds that does that actually come into play? I'm going to pay attention this week to shooting percentages and whether or not teams actually step up to play Team Canada and, and ultimately perform better. I think that's slightly overstated. But the players themselves who have done it all say that you feel it. So whether or not it's true that other teams are coming for you, if you feel it, maybe that's all that matters. So it'll be curious to see how they react. Of course, they had the opportunity to be Team Canada at the Scotties. A little different, for sure. But... Not the first time with the Maple Leaf on the back. So this will be fun to see how they do, just given how much of a role they've been on, frankly, for the past three years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You mentioned the record in the bubble. They're the number one team on on Ken Palm's ratings right now. They haven't lost to a team outside the top 10 all year. They're really good. Mm -hmm. And 
Carrie Anderson was kind of been unconscious herself like the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Uh, that's that's sort of what drives this team. There's a lot of teams, you know, we talk about the thirds being really important. We talk about Tiranzoni, for example, in Switzerland. Uh, for this team, it's it's Carrie Anderson herself uh, because she's been making shots that frankly are like very difficult and sort of amazing that she can even make them regardless of what her uh the the players in front of her are doing i mean i know that matters but she just seems to like oh yeah i can make it yeah and the confidence with which she's playing is is so high right now that i i don't think it matters that she's team canada for the first time she plays against a lot of these teams on tour they're good enough uh i mean i i think i think if she's not in the final it's it's a pretty big upset wow i I mean final that's that's you know she could run up to tiranzoni in a semi and lose and there's no shame in that no of course there's no shame in it but i just feel like the way she's been playing it's really good it's hard for me it's hard for me to imagine her losing yeah right that's fair. It's hard to imagine because she hasn't really done it. Because she hasn't really done it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I agree. I, I would expect this team to be there uh, at the end of the week for sure. And, and it, it's it's interesting. I, I would expect, or I would have expected in January to to talk about how I think overall the women's field internationally is a little deeper. I'm not mm. as convinced of that now that we're looking at this field compared to the men's. That's not to say that this field isn't deep. But the men's field, I think, was just deeper than I anticipated it to be. But I don't expect Carrie Anderson to have that same midweek look around and people panicking online. Unnecessarily, I would say, panicking. But yeah. uh, w- I wouldn't expect that to be the case here for for this team. And, and yeah, they should certainly be competing for one of those buys to the semifinal. Oh, at the very least, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't do better than that. Yeah, you can finish one. <laughs> Which is a bye to the semifinal. Just finish one. That's good. <laughs> All right. Let's move on then to Scotland. Scott, I just tweeted this, but uh, do you know how old Eve Muirhead is? I believe she's 30 or 31. She just turned 31 last week. So a uh, belated happy birthday to Eve Muirhead. But Scott, do you want to feel bad about your life? Because you're older than Eve Muirhead. <laughs> You're also older than Eve Muirhead. I am older than Eve Muirhead. So Eve Muirhead is a world champion, a three-time medalist at a world championship, an Olympic medalist. She has a honorary PhD from the University of Stirling. She's a member of the Order of the British Empire. So, you know, you all know, that's going bad. on. Yeah, not bad. I mean, the only real knock there is that it's an honorary PhD. I mean, like, I mean, that's cute. Like, come on. But um, well, Sean, she hasn't had time to do it because she's been so busy she's winning doing curling. All, she's doing all these other things. But that was a, when I when I looked at that last night and I pulled up her her bio. I did not know about the non curling things that were on there. And I believe she's an accomplished golfer as well. So uh, just a, a, a phenomenal resume for for Eve Muirhead in the bubble so far. Two and three at the Champions Cup, lost a tiebreaker to Satsuki Fujisawa, went one and four in the players, obviously very disappointing there. But despite the four and seven record, or excuse me, three and seven record in the bubble, she did go three and one against 
the other teams in the world championship that she played. So that might be a good sign. A couple things to pay attention to for this team, of course, is that we do have uh, Lauren Gray there in the mix. And we'll have to see how that dynamic plays out. And the other thing for Eve Muirhead is the health factor. She's had some health issues. Perhaps the break has served her well, that she hasn't had to play as much, practice as much. And now this is her first world championship appearance, believe it or not, since 2017, which is kind of hard to believe. 2018 didn't go with the Olympics. Hannah Fleming was there. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we all remember the Sophie Jackson Jackson. controversy of 2019, where Sophie Jackson won the Scottish Nationals, but was playing in the World Juniors. And there was some debate over who would go. Ultimately, Sophie Jackson did go. So first time for Eve back at a World Championship since 2017, where she won a bronze medal. So Scott, what do you expect for the Scottish side? Yeah, the long layoff, I think, it might be one that benefits Eve Muirhead to rehabilitate her her body and really get ready and into curling mode uh, at the high performance curling uh, center, whatever they call it, National Curling Center, I think that they have in Sterling. Uh, she's been able to be on the ice, compete against high level teams, and do it in a in a non pressure filled kind of way, right? Where you're not expected to go out and win. Uh, to earn money back. So that has been, I would say it would have been really good for her. And I'm, I'm a bit buoyed by, yeah, going three and one against teams that are going to the world championship. Uh, as you say, like three and seven in the bubble, three and seven against uh, other teams in the top 10 this year. That's, that's what I'm worried about. I think this team is a solid playoff team. And if Eve is feeling it, can win. Oh yeah. No the, question. The, 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 the problems they run into is if, you know, if she's a little off physically, uh, not reading the ice, uh, as well as others, then, uh, you could, could run into some problems, but, uh, I, I would, like, I would expect them to be a solid three or four seed. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree. And this is a case too, where I think being in the bubble already will be, serve as a major advantage for this team in particular that in games where potentially in the past we've seen them get tripped up maybe it's going to be harder for teams to trip them up because they are there they've had this experience they've seen the ice already so maybe that just puts them that much further ahead yeah yeah and i think they they start off a little soft on their schedule i'm just looking uh, japan germany uh china yeah. And Korea is sort of when it happened. Oh, I guess they have the Americans. Yeah, I'm seeing the Americans too. first. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they'll have some a chance to like get used to the stones, get used to the ice yeah. before they run into the, the real, real tough teams. But by which I mean the teams we've already talked about. Right. Yeah. There are some good teams that are coming up too, though. Yes. All right. Well, let's get to another one of them. Scott, Japan and. Sayaka Yoshimura, this is her second appearance, first time as a skip representing Japan at a world championship. She beat Satsuki Fujisawa in the Japanese Nationals. Scott, if you want an argument against the page playoff system, this is one of those cases where maybe, we've seen this in in other events in the past, but the Japanese Women Nationals, we had a case where 
Yoshimura goes five and one in the round robin. Her one loss was to uh, Fujisawa. She also lost the one-two game to Fujisawa, but did win the final seven-six. Cracked a deuce in the tenth end. The big shift in that game did come early. She stole two in the third end and uh, was able to parlay that into the good position there, obviously, in the 10th end to get the deuce. Scott, this is going to be interesting. And one of those cases where we don't know, of course, who's going to represent Japan at the Olympics. And I'm giving Japan a spot at this point in the Olympics. But this is one of these things where Yoshimura is obviously playing for herself to try to win a world championship, but also potentially is playing for Fujisawa to get into the Olympics, depending on how things go in Japan in the fall, which is one of those interesting dynamics that we see in Canada, of course, all the time where teams are playing for the nation spot as opposed to their own. So this will be kind of fun to see this team. And like I said, first time as a skip for Yoshimura in this event. She has won two Pacific championship gold medals. So I think I feel that it's reasonable to expect them in the playoffs. How about you? Yeah, I think this is a team that we should expect to to be in the playoff hunt. They're they're ranked 14 in the world right now on the World Curling Federation site and Ken Palm's rankings don't even have them. So mm-hmm. it sort of shows you know how much he's leaning on some stuff that that has happened this year. Uh as you mentioned like a, a very good team, very solid, but you're right. They don't know if they're the team that's going to be going to the Olympics. They obviously want to put Japan into the Olympics to give themselves a, a chance, right? Because if they don't, then they might not be even the team that goes to the last chance qualifier event. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Team Fujisawa, uh, Ryan, Ryan and Jonathan do this better than us uh, with the Japanese teams. I think Team Fujisawa is sort of the number one team in Japan, but I think Yoshimura is, is sort of 1A. Yeah, uh, when it comes to that, so th- yeah, they're they're a strong team. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if they missed, but I also won't be surprised if they're in. They're sort of a bubble team for me. Yeah, I, I agree that five to eight range. Yeah, essentially, yeah. is is where you would expect them to to finish. And yeah, you do see that. Yeah, Fujisawa is ranked higher, of course. That's why Fujisawa was in the two Grand Slams. And Yoshimura was not. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where we'll have to see, of course, how it plays out. But they should rack up a bunch of wins. Yeah, take a drink, uh, everyone. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last team that I am picking to make the playoffs. That is the Korean side, Unjung Kim. Of course, these are the Garlic Girls of 2018 silver medalist fame at the Olympic Games. They did participate in the world championships in 2018 as well. They go eight and four, really rolled over their success from the Olympics that year. They lost to Jamie Sinclair in the quarterfinals. Uh, Their other appearance in 2017, they go five and six. And again, Rocks Across the Pond has profiled this. If you haven't listened to their episode, it was from around Christmas where they talked about the Korean championship and just a wonderful story given everything surrounding this team to see them back at the world level. Yeah, for sure. I, I I don't know if everybody has has heard of what's been going on with their team, but it's well worth uh, giving a listen to that podcast, reading about it. But uh, a, a lot of difficulties 
the last few years to say the least really yeah. but uh now being able to break through come back they win the korean championship uh i th- i think they went undefeated at the korean championship so really 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 great uh story to see them back yeah. at the world championships the they seem to be you know back in in form in the same form that uh we saw in 2018 and if they play that way for sure they'll make the playoffs right yeah. uh, i just i just don't know against the this level of competition right they haven't played anybody uh else in the top 10 they haven't played any of these games in the bubble yet you know they're coming in uh from from canada or from korea into canada into the bubble yeah is you know it, it, the adjustment for that all all of these things make me less bullish on this team than than you Sean and i think that's fair that yeah this is a team that yeah you you would look at them and say great season so far what they were able to accomplish at the korean nationals not being in the bubble so far yeah maybe that does hurt them a little bit they are behind the curve on the ice coming into it but if there's a bit of a silver lining to it, they get Korea, or excuse me, uh, Switzerland first in the opening draw of the event. And that's a game that you would, if you were handicapping it, say, well, maybe they would lose that game anyway. And so if they lose it, okay, you're at least you're learning about the ice and the rocks in a game that you wouldn't have put up as a win. Like if you're playing, say, Estonia or someone, you would look at that and you say, oh, we will win. And then it's, oh, it's the first draw. We don't know the rock. Something goes wrong and we lose that game. So I don't know if that, you know, if that's a benefit to them to give them time to get up to speed. They'll have to do it quickly because there's not a lot of room for air here. And the two teams that we'll talk about next have already played in this environment and have a, yeah. a bit of a sense of the ice. So it, it will be a lot for both them and Japan to to come in and really get up to speed quickly. But I, maybe I'm rooting for the story too of this, that uh, it'll be great if they can get Korea back into the Olympics. We don't know if we'll see this particular team in the Olympics, given the depth of Korean women's curling right now, but I think it'd be a great story to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be a really, a really great story. Uh, I guess you're right. I, I didn't mention that uh, for Japan, you know, they're, they're also coming into the bubble uh, having not played in the slams. So, I, I mean, we talk about the schedule in two ways, right? You sometimes look at it and see, holy cow, they've got, they're really like front loaded with the really, really good teams. That doesn't give you a, a good chance. Or you say, oh, they're loaded at the front with the good teams. Get those out of the way. They'll probably lose anyway. And maybe they'll learn the ice and then be able to compete against some of the teams on the same level. I don't know which is better, right? So for some teams, they want to get, you know, yeah, let's get those big time games right away because that's when we're going to be freshest, right? That's when we're going to uh, we're we're going to feel at our best. Uh, so the Koreas, they've got Switzerland, as you mentioned, then they've got RCF, then US, then Germany. So it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, if they come out uh, of that there. two and two, they're fine. I, yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. And then they'll be heading into a, a little bit tr- tougher stretch with Scotland and the like. So, yeah, I think this is this is a, a good team to put on the bubble. I think the same as Japan. 
yeah it's sort of yeah on, on the the fringes of the playoffs all right well let's move then to the two teams that i have on the fringes of the playoffs and certainly two teams that more than capable of making it in let's start with russia or don't call me russia i can't believe it's not russia uh alina kovaleva her team for fourth appearance for kovaleva at a world championship nine and three in 2014 she is a uh, very experienced here uh, and has had some success lost the 2017 final to rachel homan to win a silver medal 2016 bronze medalist here she went nine and zero in the russian cup to earn the spot weird that it's the russian cup that gets a non-russia team apparently into the world championship but hey that's uh, the way it goes in 2021 uh at the champions cup she goes three and three she lost to Silvana Tiranzoni in a quarterfinal game uh, there after coming through a tie break. The Players' Championship, she goes two and three. So an overall record of five and six in the bubble. Interesting, though, at least to me, 0-4 against other teams that are in this field so far in the bubble. Kind of an interesting note there. But Scott, mm-hmm. this is a team that has had a lot of success both at the national level, at the Euro level. She's, she's won the Euros before been in a world championship final has the experience so far in the bubble. So if I'm thinking of those maybe top four teams, if we think they're secure, then the next two of Japan and Korea, this is one of those teams. I think this more than the next team we'll talk about is the team to look out for. Yeah, I I agree. I think, I think this team is the team that breaks into the top six and knocks one of those two that we just talked about out of it, either Japan or Korea. Uh, I, I think, the advantage of being in the bubble is real. They, they've been there. They've played already. They're familiar with everything. Uh, you know, it might only be an advantage for the first three or four days of the competition, but that could be enough to put them over the edge. Yep. Yeah. And uh, starts off with Germany on Friday morning. So, you know, if she can get, get on a roll and, you know, winning begets winning. We certainly saw that with the men's side uh, for RCF. So see if if we get a similar situation for Kovaleva. The other team, Scott, that we have not talked about that potentially could break through, that is Tabitha Peterson and the Americans. Or excuse Mm -hmm. me, fifth appearance for Tabitha Peterson. First time as the skip, though. Of course, this is the Nina Roth team with the change in lineup. Nina Roth throwing the third stones. So it's the team from 2018. We know them. We're familiar with them. And uh, we'll see how it works, though, with Tabitha Peterson throwing those last stones. Not so great so far in the bubble. Only going 1-8, and eight, missing the playoffs in both events. Lost the three games they played against other teams in this field. Two of those games, though, were against Carrie Anderson. So she, she yeah. lost those two. So overall, I don't know, Scott, what to expect from this team. They have had some success. They had a great season last year when Nina Roth was off. Uh, on a maternity leave and then comes back this year. We, we haven't seen a lot of success. I, I'm not equating those two things at all, but in, in the past we've seen them struggle at the Olympics. We've seen them be sort of a hit and miss team, even at the American nationals. And when they've made to world championships, I, I don't know. I, I think this might be the team that has the biggest difference between their ceiling and their floor of everyone in the field. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, this is the, also the team I think we 
could see a change in the lineup if things aren't going well at the beginning of the week. Uh, I, I I don't think they want to do that. I, I don't have any reason to think that they'll do that other than that they want to be in the Olympics. Yeah. Right? Uh, yep. If if they get out to a, a slow start, you know, like 0-4, maybe they switch gears and go back to Nina Roth at skip because until last season, Tabitha Peterson had never skipped ever. Yeah. She was like, she's like, uh, Emma miss you now never skipped, but, but then like, you know, okay. Nina Roth is on maternity leave and Tabitha Peterson steps in and has a great year. I get the idea of let's keep this going, right? Let's keep the good, the good mojo going. But at a certain point, like Nina Roth is your skip who's been to the Olympics why, why did you just, you know, blow it up based on, you know, four months of, uh, of a hot streak, right? Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. But the alternative is they saw success or they had success last year, I would say at a higher level than what they ever had with Nina Roth, arguably. And maybe then that, that changes, oh, well, okay, like maybe maybe this is the, the change we need to get to that next level. And... I, I think going with it for this event makes sense. I understand it. I agree, though, that somebody from USA Curling might pull the trigger or ask them to pull the trigger on a lineup change if they get out to a slow start. Yeah, yeah. They Do they have a tough uh, go? Scotland in the first draw. Scotland, Germany, then Korea, then Canada? You got to get out of that with at least a win. Oh, Italy, then Canada. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. two and two. If you can go two and two, then see see where you are. See how two you get there. Heading, in, heading into that game with Canada, yeah. Yeah. If you can get there and, and two and two, and hopefully you're playing well. But, yeah, th- this is, I think, for USA curling. You're going into 2018 in the games there, you did get the sense that they were a little higher on the Schuster team from the limited interactions that I've had with folks from USA curling uh, mm-hmm. during that season and the women's side, you, you just saw it where they haven't had that same level of success. So you, you hope for them that they can get in. I really like all of them. I, I've had a chance to be in scrums with them. Not that that means that I know them, but in those limited interactions, they've all been very nice and very great. And I kind of mm-hmm. root for them for that reason. But in this field, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I I want them to do well, like you say, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. All right, so let's move on then, Scott, to the next tier of teams. These are three teams that, if everything breaks right, maybe they could be in a situation to crack the top six. I would say best case scenario for these teams is that it's a, a mash of teams at six and six, and last stone draw gets them in. But we'll see. And, and I'm going to start with Denmark and Madeleine Dupont. This team is full of experience. This is the 12th appearance for Dupont, the Dupont sisters, actually, both of them making their 12th appearance, three and nine in 2019. Does have a couple medals from the world championship, but they're from 2007, 2009. And of course, famously in the 2018 Olympics, only won one game, but Scott, oh, what a one. Beating Rachel Holman in a very controversial game there. Again, 
I, I don't think that this team will make it, but I do think that with the experience that they have, again, they're, the teams below them, if they can win those games and that gets them to three or four and then trip up a couple teams, again, everything has to go right and they have to nail those last stone draws. So, uh, you know, I'd put it at like a 3% chance, but it's a better chance than I have. So, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah watch out for those uh, last stone draws um, early in the week. See how they're doing. Uh, but I... Yeah, I don't. I think their their time in the curling uh, podium has has passed. Well, they'll they'll run this cycle. Like if they don't get in, they'll be at the world qualifying event or the the Olympic qualifying event in December. Yeah, but they're. I mean, to get on the podium. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's move on then to the Czech Republic. Anna Kubiskova. This is her fifth appearance. 2018, six and six made the playoffs again. That that group of teams in 2018 that made the playoffs again. Th- this is another situation, Scott. Very interesting. The the Czech Republic, despite making the playoffs 2018, does not qualify for the 2019 World Championship. They went three and six at the Euros yeah. in yeah. 2019, uh, or, or excuse me, at the the Euros, and then had to go to the World Qualifying Event. Did not get through. So the Czech Republic did not participate in 2019, despite having a playoff appearance in 2018. In the past, uh, she's gone five and six in, in 17 and 14, three and eight. This is a team, Scott, that, I mean, we, we saw them last time that they were in this thing, make the playoffs. But similar to Madeline DuPont, they have to beat everyone below them. They have to beat Madeline DuPont, and they're going to have to trip somebody up to get to that six or seven win level. Yeah, uh, just like you say. Uh, that that's what's going to have to happen, and and their last own draw too, right? Yeah. Uh, look at those numbers early in the week. Uh, this team is really fun. They're a great follow on social media, more so if you speak Czech. But uh, <laughs> if you don't, uh, don't sweat it. Neither do I. Um, they're they're a fun team to root for, right? They're I I kind of want them to win, but yeah, I. I the, the strength of the field, the rest of the teams in this field, I think is just too strong to overcome for this uh, this event. Yeah. I, I think that's a likely scenario. Yeah. The the last time they were here, the field wasn't quite as deep. So they'll have to have uh, some improvements from their 2018 appearance. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the next team. I think the last team that uh, could play that upset role, and that's Germany, skipped by Daniela Jensch. This is her seventh appearance, sixth straight appearance representing Russia. If you look at her record overall, or excuse me, Germany, yes. Um, If you look at her record, five and six, 2017, three and nine, 2018, five and seven, 2019, pretty consistent there in her record. She didn't win a bronze medal at the 2018 uh, Euro B. So, you know, some, some success there, but again, Scott, you know, out of these three teams in this level, I would probably, I guess, put them second ahead of Denmark and below the Czech Republic, but what's your expectation? That, uh, that wasn't the Euro B that was the Euros. Oh, excuse me. The Euros. Yes. The the B that I had there was the bronze medal. The bronze. Yes. Yes, Not the Euro B. Excuse me. Thank you. Yeah. Beat uh, Kovaleva in that bronze medal game. And that was sort of a really great moment 
uh, in German curling to watch this team finally break through after so many shots at it, just trying to get better and trying to get better. And uh, they they had a pretty solid game. Daniela herself curled, I think, 80, 88 or 87%. Just, you were sort of like, okay, now they've done it. And then they came to the Worlds and went five and seven and we're sort of disappointing, right? right? I think that's where they'll be. Uh, four, five, six wins yeah. uh, in, in this event. I don't know what they can do to, to overcome it. Like I said before, the, the teams above them are just very, very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to come in and have some kind of an unconscious week uh, to be able to do it. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they find something deep within that that's not, uh, not come out so far. But uh, again, another one of these teams coming into the bubble uh, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and that's one of those things too, where the teams that you might who are ahead of you, you're going to try to trip up. They've been in the bubble so far. If you're looking at the, say the Americans or the Russians, that they have that experience, so they're going to have to get up to speed really quick. It's going to be a, certainly an uphill climb for the Germans here, but uh, they're fun. They're a fun team. I'll say. I actually think most of the teams in this field are a lot of fun, and uh, so it'll be fun to see them when they're getting the feature games. Yeah, I think they'll be fun. They'll be fun to watch, like you say. All right, let's move down to the second to last tier here. These are the teams that, uh, again, between the two of them, if they win two games, that'll be good. They're guaranteed one because they play each other. So let's start with Estonia. And Scott, they actually play each other in the first game, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> Estonia, Marie Terman. This is her debut at the World Championships. They won a silver medal at the 2018 Euro B. I know I'm right about that one. Uh, In the 2019 Euros, they went two and seven, which put them into the world qualifying event. They go four and three there, but missed the playoffs because of the last stone draw tiebreak. They lost that spot to Turkey and Norway. So this team was actually added in to this world championship based off of world rankings. Uh, they had not earned the spot through the traditional means. So mm-hmm. they're in there. Kind of interesting to see uh, Marie Termon for the first time. Scott, again, like I said, if they can win two, that's great for them. And, and this is a wonderful experience. And we're talking about countries that we don't see a lot in a world championship. Estonia would certainly be on that list. And if we can get some some regular successful play out of another country that we haven't seen traditionally. That's great news. And therefore I am rooting for this team to have a good week, get a lot of experience and really just have a great improving experience in the bubble. Yeah. They're the, the beneficiary of this 14th team added to the event this year. And you know what? Good for them. Yeah. Take advantage of it soak in the experience get the competition against the better teams see what you can improve on throughout the week and i would say hope that you get better as the week goes on uh we sort of saw that on the men's side from the german team you know they got better as the week went on yeah and you know weren't weren't close to making the playoffs but that's the sort of trend that you want to see and i think that that's what this team will be looking for no question. So the other team in this tier for me, it is Italy, Stefania Constantina, or excuse me, Stefania Constantini. This is her first appearance as a skip. Second overall, did play with 
of Veronica Zapone. And this is the exact same team as the Sapone team with Stefania moving up to skip. Marta Lodeserta, Marta Lodeserto is the new third. The front end remains the same. Stefania just turned 22. So this is another country where we're seeing a young team come in, get the experience. I would think that their focus is going to be on the Olympic qualifying event in December. And this is a stepping stone to that event. So not high expectations in terms of playoffs here, but a team that I, I would expect them to have a expectation and a hope to be in Beijing next year, just not through this event. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think uh, she played in like the youth Olympics. Yeah. She has uh, experience. A while back. Like she's not a bad player. It's just, yeah. Played in, in 2018, like you said, Sean at the, the world. So yeah, it's, it's the next generation of Italian curling, right? Yep. Uh, coming up to try and, you know, get, get some experience, solidify the team that will be the team competing to get into the Olympics. Cause I think you're right. I, I don't think there's a chance for them uh, to qualify based on this event, but I mean, we didn't see RCF in the men's coming either. So sure. th- that said, yeah, they'll be looking to, uh, you know, come together as a team and, and really get set for that next step. Yeah. All right. The final team in the 14 team field team playing with house money. This is the Chinese side skipped by Yuhan. They are the Pacific Asia winners for 2019. They are all making their debut here at the world championship. Very young team. Uh, Yuhan is only 20 years old. Uh, Ziki Dong, the third, 21. Zhang Lijun, 24. And the lead, uh, Shidi Jiang, 24. Uh, so this is a team up and coming for Chinese curling. We, we've seen that the, the Chinese side, certainly on the women's, they've produced a world championship, this program. So you would expect that, that this team, hopefully for them, could have a, a successful run. They go 6-1 and one at the pack last time they played in it. So I don't know, Scott, we saw with the men's side, they struggled, uh, but traditionally in the Chinese program, the women's side has been stronger. I just have no idea what to expect of this team. And again, they have that spot lined up. They're potentially coming in more relaxed than anybody else. Again, they haven't been in the bubble though. So it's very hard for me to, to try to assess what their expectations would be for themselves. Yeah, this this team, we're really lucky that we get to watch this team play this week. The they could finish first or fourteenth, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you know, based on uh, all the reports that we've heard uh, about how good this young team is. Uh, yeah, I I mean, if they're at the top of the table in the middle of the week, that won't surprise me. Yeah, uh, you're right. I think. I I mean, they could be so relaxed that they're just treating it as practice and don't have that edge. I, or they could be so relaxed that they don't feel any nerves. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's really hard to figure out. I would say this is another team coming into the bubble from outside. Maybe that's a bit of a disadvantage for the first two, three days. Who knows? Potentially. But yeah, like, Six and one at the pack is no joke, right? No, there, there's really good teams there, and 
to be able to do that is very impressive. Yeah. So I'm I'm really, really excited to watch this team play. Yeah, their first three games, Scott, Estonia, Denmark, Japan. So first two games, they're they're going up against teams in a similar spot. Uh in terms of have, actually all three of those teams haven't been in the bubble. I would say Japan is probably the, the most equal to them in terms of talent and that they probably should win those first two games. So, you know, mm-hmm. don't be shocked to look up and see them three and zero. Yeah. On, uh, on Saturday night. So yeah, it, uh, it will be a lot to take in another quarter of fun thing for this team, or at least for me, they are from Harbin in China. And when I was in China, when I lived there, the corner store, next to the hotel where I was living, that was the pretty much only beer they had. <laughs> so oh, the beer from Harbin. Yeah, I had a lot of Harbin beer. Wow. Yeah, it had weird tabs on it, or I thought they were weird. Like the tab, it just came right off. Oh, like in the can. It. Yeah. It always, yeah very... it always always threw me off. Uh, you know, that's the way cans used to be, Sean. You ever yeah. watch uh, All in the Family? Yeah, you just pull it right off. Yeah. Yeah, so so weird. Yeah, but it was great. It was uh, two of them for six yuan, which is a, a roughly at the time, at least. I don't know what it is now, but it was roughly a dollar, I, I was told. Right on. Yeah, it was a good deal. Can, so, uh, uh, yeah. So there Oof. you go. So I root for all things Harbin because of that. Uh, so there you have it. Those are the 14 teams who will be competing for the Women's World Curling Championship, Scott. I told you my six teams as to who I think will make it into the Olympics. And I get the sense that you want RCF in there instead of who Japan or Korea instead of Japan. Okay. So you got uh, RCF instead of Japan. And then we both have Korea, Canada, Scotland, Sweden, and Switzerland as our playoffs team playoff teams and get in the Olympic spot. Scott, who wins? Well, I've lost a lot of, uh, credibility, I would say, betting against Carrie Anderson. So I'll pick her okay. today. All right. So you're going with Carrie Anderson, Team Canada, just to keep the bubble going. Uh, how crazy would it be if she wins this and then flies over to Scotland and wins the mixed doubles as well? I think that would be, she would have to win Sports Person of the Year in Canada. What What is it? The Lou something? The Lou Marsh Award. This came up actually yeah. on the weekend. Doug Smith in one of his blogs suggested that Rachel Holman should be a candidate for it uh, as well. And yeah. I, I don't want to like say that that's not a good idea because of course it's a good idea. I will just say that it's April and it's an Olympic year, maybe. Maybe. And the way the Lou Marsh Award tends to work is somebody does great in the Olympics and then we forget every other sporting thing that happens in the year. So yes, that's right. while I agree that Holman would be a great candidate, if Anderson wins, great candidate, I would be surprised in an Olympic year, a summer Olympic year for a winter athlete to get that. And that would just I hear what caution, you're saying. You know, I, I hear what you're saying, but if Carrie Anderson wins world women's and world mixed doubles, I think she'd have to win the trials too, to be honest. I think, well, I think somebody <laughs> would have fresh. to. Some have to somebody would have to win multiple gold medals at a summer Olympics for Canada, which Doesn't I happen. don't think has happened since Donovan Bailey. No, so no, the swimmer in twenty six Penny Penny didn't she get a couple? Yeah, Penny maybe. Alexiak? But it, you're right; it, it is difficult for uh, Canadian athletes to double up in the the summer Olympics. Yes, traditionally, uh, but yeah, you know, Penny could be one. I, I think Rosie. Mc- 
Rosie is still competing, I think. Um, so, you know, she's another one to look out for. But, you, you know, it, I, wonderful thought. And I'm just curious to see where it is in December. But yeah, if Carrie Anderson wins the trials and every, she's fresh in everyone's mind. Oh, yeah. And there you have it. So, uh, so yeah, Scott, you did say that you've embarrassed yourself not picking her. You did pick her to win the Players' Championship. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> right on. So you had that one right. Uh, you had Cooey winning the men's side. I had uh, Jacobs and Jones there. So uh, for the World Championship, though, I think I'm going to go with Anna Hasselberg here. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Again, out of those top four, I... <laughs> I'm not. I don't think you go wrong taking any of them, to be honest. So, uh, so some really good uh, teams here, Scott. We have not talked about it yet. I did want to leave it to the end because, well, we don't really know anything. But yeah. one of the teams did have two positive tests. Two different players tested positive coming in. The way it works is that the six teams that were competing in the bubble are in the bubble hotel. The eight teams that arrived in Canada last week or quarantining in a different hotel. We don't know which team it is. We don't know which players it is. And we don't know if those individuals will be returned to play as we record this. So that's right. So we, I, I didn't want to devote too much time to this just because we don't know what's going to happen. And, and by the time people listen to this, even though we're posting it straight away. So if you listen to it, you know, an hour after we say these words out loud, something could have changed. But my only hope is that, or not my only hope, one of my hopes is that both individuals are okay, that these are minor cases, they don't have you know, bad symptoms, and that they do well and that they recover quickly. That's the, the primary concern, of course. The secondary concern is that it doesn't spread to anybody else in that quarantine hotel and that everyone can be safe over there. And then the third thing is, is that, the other members of whatever this team is are negative and continue to test negative. Cause if a team has to either withdraw or is prevented from playing, this could get ugly because of the Olympic qualification process. So health and safety is the number one concern. The secondary concern is just, I don't want to, I don't want this to devolve into some sort of ugly we have to delay this because it's unfair to a, a nation, anything like that. So mm-hmm. th- that's my primary concern about it. But I, I don't know. Where do you, how, how do you look at this situation? I'm of the same mind as you when it comes to the priorities. Uh, we have learned today that the first practice day will not take place as scheduled. Um that's all we know so far. No announcements to changes in the schedule or anything like that. So they're looking at ways to to try and, you know, reschedule those practices, make it fair for every team, uh, whatever they have to do. I think this, these positive tests are a sign that the procedures are working properly. Uh, that. You know, they're, they're testing before and, and making sure that, that they don't break the bubble. Yep. So that's good news. And yeah, I, I really hope that the affected players are, are okay and uh, that they recover quickly and that it's not disturbed too much, uh, that we don't like, we don't 
have two today, you know, 10 tomorrow, right. 25 the next day, right? Like we, we don't want that. So take your time, WCF, take your time, Alberta Health, make sure everything's safe for everyone. And uh, we can wait. We can wait for curling if we need to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if it's Carrie Anderson can't wait, but but we can wait. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a few players who are scheduled to play in both this and the mixed doubles. So, you know, one one certainly would affect the other if it does come to that. But again, hopefully, it doesn't come to that. And uh, I, yeah. I mean, they're false. I, I don't think they're false positives. I think we would have heard by now if they were false positives. Uh, but you know, the men had false positives. So, uh, yeah. But o- overall, again hopefully everyone's doing well and that this is contained. And this is one of those cases where I think the actual official release that came out of this from the WCF is actually real that, yeah, this is what the protocol is there to do is to, to catch this. And it it caught it. And again, uh, hopefully those two individuals are doing well and that everyone else is safe and uh, the the quarantine will work and that we can uh, run this event without a hitch. Well said. I don't know why I said we. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> they, uh, the global we. The, yeah. <laughs> we, we all benefit from it in some way. So, Scott, anything else uh, that you're looking forward to this week? Uh, any, any other sort of uh, bold predictions for the Women's World Championship? I, I think my boldest prediction will be that, that China will do really well. Okay. Uh, I think I think the Chinese team that we don't know much about. That's, that's my boldest prediction. Yeah. If China makes it in the, the other thing too, of course, if, if does, if China does make it into the playoffs, it does make that world qualification event or the Olympic qualification event that much more interesting and deeper too, because it's knocking out a really good team mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll force them to go to that event and it'll make an additional national governing body nervous over the summer. Yes, it will. Yeah. Yes, and, it will. Uh, yeah. So uh, some folks won't get as deep sleep as they might have otherwise uh, if the Chinese squad makes it into the playoffs. So that'll do it for our full preview of the 2021 World Women's Curling Championship. Last event of the bubble, second last event of the season as scheduled right now. Hopefully everyone enjoys this. And uh, again, the, the matchups for TV are predetermined. I'll remember that uh, and just enjoy the games. Uh, this will be a lot of fun. I think this is a, a really entertaining field. These should be some great games all across the board. So, so I'm very excited for this week and we will do a couple broom stacks over the course of the week. Just pay attention to social media and we will post about the broom stacks as they're scheduled. They will take place after Canada games. I, I know that, it's a world championship. We shouldn't be all Canada all the time. But this is where we live. This is how we watch the games. Is is really dictated by TSN and the geo block for the other games. So it will be after some Canada games. But we'll 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 tweet all about the broom stacking. So do join us for those over the course of the week. And we will have a recap episode once the games are done. We have a world championship and we'll know the six teams heading to Beijing next winter. So thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later in the week. Until then, though, please do subscribe wherever it is you get podcasts. 
Give likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff. Uh, follow along on social media. It's at Game of Stones Pod on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Deshaun Graham. Scott's at Scott Lakes TV. And do head on over at GameofStonesPod.com. You can find all of our past episodes there. And, of course, the link to the merch. Scott, it is still sweatshirt season here in Ottawa. And every day since it arrived in the mail, I have worn my Game of Stones hoodie after dinner. Wow. That's a high praise, Sean. I and really I, like it. I actually got a call last week from the Sandra Schmerler Foundation thanking us for our donation. So nice. Uh, if Yeah. Get on that uh, site, order those uh, hoodies, and uh, we'll get more money off to the Sandra Schmerler Foundation. Yeah. And uh, I actually got my tax return yesterday. And uh, I think I'm going to order another one. <laughs> I have the right Heather on. Gray. I think I'm going to order the black one now. Cool. Because I enjoy yeah, it a full that much. Set. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to run it through the wash first, just for sizing purposes. Just yeah, see good it. idea. Because if it doesn't shrink, I might order the large. I have an extra large right now, which is super cozy. So, uh, so yeah. So, everyone do check out the merch there. Uh, T-shirts, proceeds, and we're matching are going to Food Banks Canada. The other merch to the Sandra Schmerler Foundation, as Scott mentioned and as always, if you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, do hit us up, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. As we approach the summer, we are going to get back into some of our summer season episodes. Uh, I've been replenishing my summer idea list through the course of the bubble, but we're always looking for new ideas. So do uh, hit us up and let us know what you'll be looking for over the course of the summer. I always have a good time putting those ones together. So that'll do it for us. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. The 2021 Women's World Curling Championship. And until we talk again, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.